Tennessee Wildcast is live on the air with the latest on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things outdoors. Make welcome your host, drummer and outdoor expert novice, Jason Harmon. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. Hey, we're excited. I got Mr. Matt Cameron here with me. He's going to help me co-host, and uh, we're on uh, the Tennessee River at Calhoun's on the river. So uh, looking forward to this show. It's going to be fun. And have a good time. Yes, indeed. Couldn't have a better setting for this show today. Volunteer Landing right here behind us. Neyland Stadium, Thompson Bowling Arena. What was this bridge? Henley? Henley Street. Henley yep. Street Bridge. Uh, so it's a, it's a great backdrop. And thanks to Calhoun's for letting us use their restaurant. Thanks to Mr. Mike Chase, uh, former commissioner for the Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency, uh, for uh, letting us use his, uh, his, use his restaurant. Yeah, and you, you smell the barbecue in the air already. We're, yeah. We almost wanted to eat while we're doing the show. Mm. We had to hold off. I'm thinking briskets and brisket and ribs for lunch, maybe. Indeed. Yeah. Coleslaw, baked beans, taste salad. All the fixings. All right. Yeah. So anyway, it's going to be a fun show. We have Mr. John Hammonds and Sean Ramsey with us today. They are fisheries guys and uh, know everything there is to know about East Tennessee fishing, right? All right. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> nice build up there. Yeah. Uh, so they're going to chat with us. And um, you were telling me earlier we titled the show, uh, birth, this is the birthplace of the Tennessee River right here. Correct. Just a few miles upstream, the uh, French Broad and Holston Rivers come together to make the Tennessee. So this is where it all begins. So the Bassmaster Classic is coming here next week. Correct. Uh, the 15th through the 17th. So that's going to be fun. For the first time ever on this portion of the Tennessee, I think they've been on other parts, but the first time they've ever done it right here on Fort Loudon and Teleco. And I guess we'll get into all, all that here in just a little bit. Yeah, we're going to dive into all that. Um, so anyway, we appreciate y'all tuning in on Facebook. Uh, thank you for listening on the radio. And we are going to get started. Um, and we're going to kick it off with the Bassmaster stuff. I'm going to flip to the slide. Uh, Bassmaster.com, great place to uh, learn about some of that. But it's going to be here on March 15th through the 17th. Uh, and uh, next week. Should be fun. Yeah. It's hard to believe. Next Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they'll be leaving, launching right here behind us at Vol Landing at well, 7.40 a.m. Mm -hmm. and uh, headed upstream or downstream uh, to fish. And they'll weigh in at Thompson Bowling Arena at, at 3.15 that afternoon all three days. Yeah. So we'll dive into some more of this right here um, and uh, get the information out to you. But first, I want to meet. These guys that's with us, uh, John Hammonds and Sean Ramsey. Uh, John, let's start with you. Uh, you've been with the agency how long? How long have you been working for us? Almost 15 years. 15 years, and, and you're in the fisheries division here in the Region 4 area. And we like to sometimes put lines, don't draw lines or cut yeah. regions, but yeah. up in the East Tennessee part of the state, yeah. you deal with a lot of the fishery stuff here. So tell us about, about yourself and uh, what you do for the agency. Sure, yeah. I'm a fisheries biologist uh, in the reservoir section in Region 4, and uh, we have um, all the reservoirs, uh, you know, Norris, Loudon, Teleco, all the way up to the, the reservoirs in Northeast Tennessee, uh, South Holston, Watauga, Boone, those, and everything in between. And we do, you know, data, uh, we collect data, um, we do, you know, uh, enhance the fish habitat, putting out different structures here and there. We have krill surveys. Uh, anything that happens in the reservoir, we kind of take care of. Cool. Awesome. And uh, and Mr. Sean Ramsey, he's uh, also in the fisheries division. What do you do for the agency, Sean? How um, long have you been with us? I've almost 15 years as well. All yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. John and I hired on around the same time, and uh, I'm a reservoir fisheries biologist as well. And uh, basically, me and John do some of the, sort of the same things. Uh we uh, collect, uh, uh, we do electrofishing in the spring, mm -hmm. and uh, 
water quality sampling in the summer and trap netting in the fall and the year round gill job, netting in the winter yeah so <laughs> we're out there a lot when it's really cold too so always happy to be in here today always something going on <laughs> how do you deal with this guy right here <laughs> well he does a great job of putting our uh, information out there we uh recently did uh some uh information on facebook about some uh I believe it was gill netting wasn't it correct and gill netting and yeah. trap netting so he did a really good job of getting that information out to the public well, yeah. they do a good job of feeding me the information yeah. they sent me the videos and everything made my cool. job very easy yeah teamwork right there that's mm. good that's good well let's jump into um and more into the classic uh it's the super bowl of bass <laughs> fishing uh that's that's a big term isn't it yeah i was say browsing the website last night uh and they consider themselves the super bowl of bass fishing like i said march 15th through the 17th uh, and TWRA is going to be heavily involved. Uh, we're going to have booths set up uh, in the uh, Knoxville Convention Center and the World's Fair Exhibit Hall. There's going to be stuff going on in both, uh, but over 200,000 square feet of, of vendor space. Yeah, and a lot of uh, boating, fishing, hunting, outdoor vendors and exhibitors will be there showcasing uh, the latest products in the outdoors. So where is that in relation to where we are now? Uh, if people know where the Big Sun Sphere is, it'd be right there, okay. kind of at the base of that. World's Fair Park, right? Is that yes. It? Okay. Yeah, it's all right there. Yeah, World's Fair Exposition Hall. So anyway, averaging, they average over, you know, around 100,000 people a year to these classics. And and it's uh, it's free to get in the expo. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, like you went to the NWTF convention there a couple of weeks ago, you know, had to pay to get into that. Uh, it's a big deal and that, that's huge, but this is this is free. You just come in, go and shop and browse and not going to cost you anything. And then... Uh, it's a, a big impact on the economy right here. I mean, there's going to be, like I said, almost 100,000 people, probably more than that, on the streets of Knoxville and in the convention center and, and following these guys around on their boats. And uh, and we'll get more into that here in a little bit later. But um, 740, you said that earlier. I take off right here at Volunteer Landing. And then the weigh-in is at Thompson Bowling, right? Thompson Bowling, where Tennessee defeated Kentucky. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. No not, not so long ago. Uh, but they beat us too, right? And when we went up there. Yep. Uh, so, but, yeah. Uh, one for one with them this year. One for one. Uh, those guys are doing great. And uh, it's fun to watch them play. Indeed. Uh, and then, uh, so anyway, during the during the tournament, there's uh, fish health is a big uh, concern. And, and, and our guys are going to be helping with that. Correct. Yeah, John. Sean might be able to share more yeah. about our role in that. Can you speak about that? Yeah, they're gonna. We're gonna have hatchery trucks there to take the fish back after weigh-in. Uh, there's people dedicated to monitoring the the water quality in those trucks, the dissolved oxygen, the temperature, those sort of things. And then there's going to be a person dedicated to making sure the number of fish uh, per gallon of water doesn't exceed the carrying capacity there. So. And they're, they're probably thinking they might be on the truck a little while, depending on traffic, getting in and out of here and that sort of sure. thing. So they're making sure they take all the precautions to keep those fish healthy before they get back in the water. You think we can get an escort, blue light escort <laughs> to the water? <laughs> get them back. Uh, is there designated spots we'll be taking the fish back to, or is that up in the air? Yes and no. Uh, we're taking them back. We don't want a big crowd there, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just, you know, um, I guess for that reason, just so we can get in the water and that sort of thing. Right. But, um as far as anything that's been decided upon, uh, for sure, there's, you know, I don't think nobody uh, has said for sure where they're going. Okay. Well, the guy, the, the fishermen, they do a great job, you know, keeping them alive in the live well, and, and we're going to do the best we can and keeping them healthy and getting them back in the water. So. And this time of year with the water temperatures being cooler, Sean can talk more about it too. He's got some experience with that. It's it's usually you don't have much problems with, with mortality unless there's something wrong with the fish already. Yeah. You've got a background in tournament fishing. Is that correct? Yeah, I uh, – 
started tournament fishing at about 19 years old and uh, started in a small bass club and uh, fished a few tournaments with them and as a non-boater didn't have a boat at the time and uh, uh, was able to you know do pretty well at that and eventually got myself a boat and uh, still fish a few from time to time when I when I'm able to on the weekends and stuff but uh, so that was it was pretty fun sounds like it and those fish, when they're weighed in, they, they have to be alive or you get penalized. So there's an yeah. incentive to really oh, take yeah. care of them, correct? Yeah, these guys will, will do their best to keep the fish alive. Uh, they don't want any penalties. Uh, the weights could be really close at the end of the three days, and uh, you're looking at $300,000 first place. Wow. So they're definitely going to be a lot on the shape. line. So in this tournament, all the uh, all the weight counts. I mean, you're, every day adds together, and that's the total. That's the winning total. It doesn't yeah. scratch off at the end of uh, on Sunday or something. And no, it'll be a three day total. Three yeah. day total. Yeah, fifty two anglers. Is that right? Yeah, fishing this fifty two. Then the final day Sundays, you have to make the cut to fish on Sunday. Yeah, twenty five, I, I believe, on the final day. Okay, I don't get to go out. And we were talking uh, before we got started about. Um, the limits on largemouth and smallmouth in particular on, on Loudon. Do you all care to throw that out there? What, if somebody wanted to come here while they're in town, go fishing, what are they expected? Sure. There's a 14-inch size limit on largemouth in Port Loudon, Teleco, and then an 18-inch size limit on smallmouth. And in, in those two species, you can have five fish uh, in combination for a krill limit. And most people don't harvest those fish. That's more for like a tournament uh, scenario. But typically, most tournaments use a 15-inch minimum anyway. Uh, I think does the, the this classic use that size limit, or is it, I don't even know what they have. So it'll be 14 inch okay. on largemouth, yeah. okay. So and then the 18 on this on the smallmouth. Exactly yeah. what our regulations mm -hmm. are. Okay. Right, they can't go b below our regulation, but they can go above it. And they can yeah. implement a 15 inch if they wanted. Now, but now, where would you expect them to find the smallmouth this time of year? Um, uh oh, there's a fishing secret. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not much of a fisherman. I go and I get lucky every now and then. Yeah, me too. Yeah, the, I mean, the, the, in, in Fort Loudon and, and Teleco, the predominant fish is going to be the largemouth. Now, okay. having said that, these guys are professional fishermen. They know what they're doing a, a thousand times more than me uh, on, on catching them with a the rod and reel. So I'm sure they'll find them. But, um, I mean, they're just going to be kind of the pre spawn situation. Mm -hmm. They may be coming to points and sean can talk a lot more about this than i can he's got more experience fishing than me so yeah i think what you'll see is you'll see mixed bags of fish you'll see maybe three largemouth two smallmouth four largemouth one smallmouth you know a lot of mixed bags mm -hmm. uh be a lot of shallow water fishing uh spring fish are moving up water's still cold but there's a lot of current a lot of stain in the water i think you'll see a lot of shallow water fishing so that type of fishing the largemouth and smallmouth will probably be fairly shallow uh, on this uh, body of water. And so, we were talking, too, about the the massive amount of water that they have the opportunity to yeah, fish here. Yeah. Um, how far is it, say, from where we're at now to uh, the other end of Teleco where they could fish? Do you have any idea what the le that length is? Yeah, just upstream is the confluence of the two rivers that, that make the Tennessee River, the French Broad and the Holson. And from there to the upper end of Teleco, uh, below Chihuahua Dam, is, is nearly 90 miles of river miles running. Wow. So they can go a long way. That's a lot of water. Yeah. yeah. That's a lot of water. So um, how long, I mean, they're going to run from here to there. How long would that take, roughly, if you're on a boat? To Teleco? Oh, wow, 40, That's, 45 minutes but, probably. But they're, they're, the canal. their fishing yeah. time is what? I forget what the uh, – they, they 7.40 launched. to 3.15. 3.15, yeah. okay. So they got quite a bit of time to – to get down there and fish. yeah it'll depend you know they have uh 
three practice days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then an official practice day on Wednesday. So it'll depend on where they find fish. And if they find some good fish down there, they'll make that run and go down there to catch those fish. Mm-hmm. And they got, they, got, they got to weigh that time in because they got to get back. Yes, you know, consider that time, oh, yeah. run time. Run so. back up here. Wow. Um, real quick, before we jump into some fishery stuff here in, in the East Tennessee region, uh, you can meet these anglers, uh, some of the Elite Series it will be available to take photos on Friday from 10 to 2, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, indeed. Uh, I want to let cool. people know about that if you're here watching um, and here following the, the tournament. You can maybe get some photos, get some autographs. Um, did you want to mention uh, some safety aspects about being out on the water with the anglers and keeping distance and that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. We, we recognize that wherever these guys go, there are groups of you know followers that get out and follow them around on the water, and I, I think they're used to that and they expect that. But we're uh, we're worried about you know you're fishing a river basically right here and it's very narrow channel until you get on down the lake it opens up a little bit so a lot of boats are going to be coming and going at any one time following certain anglers around so our concern is is if they go into uh, in a creek for example a very tight waterway and you have uh, one group coming out one group coming in there's a potential to have some some incidents there so we are designating certain areas as no wake <laughs> zones and we'll uh, we're going to make that public here in a few days once our officers. Uh, figure out where the danger points are right. and also with this uh, volume of water that's moving right now there's a lot of debris mm-hmm. coming down uh, people need to be aware of uh, obstructions in the water uh, things that they could hit and tear up a propeller or even eject people out of boats so yeah we, we need safety to be the number one life jacket priority mm-hmm. life jackets are always huge yeah you, you never want to get in the water without one um, no matter what your age is you know in tennessee 13 and up don't have to, to wear them legally but Everybody I know that gets in a boat with me is going to wear a life jacket mm-hmm. or you don't go with me. So yeah. Wear those PFDs for that reason. There's no excuse on some of these. Uh, the what, 16 and up can wear the inflatables, and those are fairly comfortable. And, and uh, Yes. You know. Yeah, there are a lot of good options out there. You know, this time of year it's cooler, and, you know, an inherently buoyant jacket keeps you warmer, actually. Coat so would be nice. People yeah. don't mind them as much this time of year. And this water will go down a little bit, but it's still going to be it's gonna be up fairly, fairly good. I, mean, yeah. I don't think it would be still fairly high. Come uh, tournament time. I think we're getting some more rain in the forecast. They're, too, they're actually pulling it down pretty good right now. Okay. So, cool. uh, there's going to be a lot of current because of the reservoirs above here have a lot of water right now, but mm-hmm. they're getting it back down pretty good, actually. I looked at the lake levels today on the TVA app and saw they were getting it pulled down pretty good, but I don't see a lot of current, though. Yeah. All right. Well, let's jump into to the region, uh, this region here in East Tennessee and, and some of the opportunities where folks can fish and, and maybe some tips and tricks and that kind of thing. So uh, if somebody was coming to East Tennessee, what's uh, – we'll start with you, Sean. What's one of the places you'd recommend them go to do some fishing? Well, it would depend on the species, but um, we have a really good crappie fishery on Douglas Reservoir, and it's pretty good year-round. Uh, we hear anglers catching uh, good limits of crappie year-round. Uh, they do a lot of uh, trolling for crappie. Uh, casting with uh, floats and minnows and different depends on the time of year but uh, that would be probably our number one crappie destination uh, probably our number one smallmouth destination I would say is South Holston Reservoir uh, has a really really nice fish in there we see uh, at times we'll see eight nine pound smallmouth come out of there wow. mm. maybe maybe the next world record in there <laughs> so you're getting up there when you yeah. get the eight nine pound smallmouth oh yeah uh, walleye, we have some good walleye fisheries in East Tennessee. We have Watauga Reservoir. Again, South Holston Reservoir is really good. Uh, Douglas Reservoir is really good. We have uh, natural reproduction in 
of walleye in there, and we mm -hmm. also have uh, decent sauger populations in there too. So the walleye are probably making their spawning runs now, aren't they? Yeah. And it's there's so much current coming down and yeah. so muddy. I'd, I'd say a lot of the broodfish will survive. Yeah. Do you think mm -hmm. they'll spawn okay at that swift water? Does it actually help the spawn? Yeah, we hope so. We've uh, not got a lot of reservoirs where walleye naturally reproduce. Uh, Douglas is our only one, and uh, so we have to do a lot of stocking of walleye. And uh, but uh, hopefully we'll be able to get a lot of good broodfish this year for our hatcheries. Speaking sure. of the walleye and the smallmouth, both of those world records come from Tennessee. Correct. That's correct. True. Uh, yeah. So that's pretty cool. What old hickory? Is that where the old hickory was the walleye? walleye? Mm -hmm. And of course, D.L. Hayes is oh, infamous. Yeah. How big was that one? Eleven uh, something. Yeah, something. Dale Hayes' record is <laughs> uh, nearly twelve pounds. Eleven fifteen. Is that right? Yeah, in that so, neighborhood. Wow. Yeah, that was cool. uh, Dale Holla. Yep, right. Dale Holla Reservoir. Yeah, and we can't take credit in Region Four for that one. No, <laughs> but I was just thinking you mentioned you mentioned two world records right there out of yeah. Tennessee. So maybe the next, like you said, will come out of the holster. Can we throw trout in there while we're at it? There's some great trout fishing in East Tennessee yeah. as well. Oh, yes. Yeah, we time. have. The tail, yeah, the tailwaters are some of the premier tailwaters in the in the eastern U.S. and then literally and um, of course, we deal with the reservoir side of things, and our, our colleagues in the cold water and the, and the streams could speak more uh, about it. But the like the uh, South Holston Reservoir, we've actually stopped stocking trout, brown trout in there, and they have done very well. Uh, so so well, in fact, that we encourage people to harvest some smaller ones because there's so many in there, and uh, the opportunities are are abundant for trout fishing, and especially in this part of the state. Um, you have the cold water Appalachian um, type streams that, you know, come out of the mountains that support trout year round. You have the tailwaters that do the same. Then we actually just started a urban fishery here in Knoxville and uh, Fountain City. And I'm not supposed to call it the duck pond, but what's the name of the Fountain City Lake? Fountain City Lake. Fountain City Lake. Okay. So uh, yeah, and that was very successful. Matter of fact, um, they 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 had to up their stocking uh, numbers because people were were coming there to catch them. So the yeah, winter, trout, the winter stock. Yes, sir. Okay. It'd be just in the winter time when mm -hmm. the water temperatures are pretty much below 60, 65. They trout have a lethal tolerance around seventy degrees, and um, so as long as the water temperature stays below that, and then they also in the winter time it, it suppresses the bacteria growth. So there's typically not a problem with uh, E. coli outbreaks and things where you might be kind of squeamish to fish for them or even harvest them those mm -hmm. fish. So yeah. Yeah, and that, that program wraps up this month, and it may have already wrapped up. Mm -hmm. We're getting close to – well, we're in the middle of – or starting March, so mm -hmm. it'll be wrapping up at the end of this month, mm -hmm. and uh, that's a that's a great program, and it mm -hmm. we're stocking across the whole across the state on that, most most mm -hmm. places, a lot of places. So, And we have the, the world record crappie here, too, that was caught in Loudoun right. County. That's yeah. right. So, that's yeah, right. Our buddy that Jam. Was, yep. Yeah. Very, very recent. That was last spring, last May, I guess. And, Think so. I forget about that. that. That was yeah. five something. Five, pounds five and a half pounds. Yeah. World yeah. record. And, and we that says took a, a lot. Yes, sir. We took a clip just to make sure there's no question. It was it was definitely a, a pure black crappie, gen genetic awesome. wise. So. so what kind of crappie do we raise here in Tennessee? We raise some crappie, right? Yeah. Mostly black crappie. Um, white crappie tend to not do as well in the hatchery situation. So you get more bang for your buck, so to speak, with mm -hmm. black crappie. And typically, we we have the ones that have the black nose, which is a genetic marker. There's t there's really no difference in and those fish that uh, that you can see, mm -hmm. some people think they have a little different behavior. And I know the hatchery managers th say they do better than a, just a regular black crappie right. or, or plain black crappie, whatever you want to call it, yeah. uh, in the hatchery. So, yeah, mostly the we try to get the black nose. But in this region, 
Um, we have kind of a mix of both. I know the other regions across the state have almost pure black nose. What's our what's our stocking efforts look like for crappie? That was the question I got the other day, and I wasn't one hundred percent sure. And yeah. do we disperse them across the state pretty evenly, or how does that work? Yeah, there's there's some uh, bodies of water that accept them better, and that work. You know, yeah, we have kind of a, a protocol we use based on the different number of things, like uh, the historical aspect of that reservoir and how small it is, the water quality. But in general, crappie are, are they better suited for smaller reservoirs. Right. It takes so many to put in a large reservoir that you really don't see an effect or a big effect. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. What is it, like one brood fish can do the work of sure. our entire hatcheries if, yeah, if the conditions are right? Yeah, I mean, you know, literally you just get a handful of brood out of, you know, uh, less than 50 to, to supply your whole uh, hatchery uh, uh, your needs yeah hatchery needs and yeah. then of course in the wild how many you know viable females are out there so really it, it you know we, we can do, i mean stocking works and but if they can do it on their own it's a lot better situation now a lot of people are saying the high water would help the crappie spawn if it would stay up but there's mm -hmm. fear that it'll get drawn back down before the yeah actual spring flood there's data that shows that crappie do better with with high water um, and typically it just uh, corresponds with their with their young fish able to hide and and find some cover uh, and crappie are a boomer bust species some years they do really well and other years they do really bad and there's typically not an in-between so yeah, if, if this water can can stay up a while, um, you know, after they spawn, then, then then it should be okay. But we've seen in Douglas, uh, kind of the go-to reservoir, we've seen good numbers of, of crappie the last several years. So we're pretty confident they're going to be okay for another couple of years. Mm. Well, uh, let's talk about some of these reservoirs. These guys are going to be fishing on. What's uh, what do those reservoirs look like? And and uh, I guess there's bass fishing on those. Probably some crappie and all kinds of species. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about those bodies of water here in Loudon and Teleco. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's, yeah, uh, Loudon actually is a a good species uh, or a good diverse uh, species reservoir. You have a catfish fishery. There's white bass and sauger and walleye. You have some striped bass in here. We don't stock here, but but they they get in here from other reservoirs through the lock system. Mm -hmm. um, and then of course the smallmouth and largemouth are really good, um, even crappie. Um, but <coughs> I was telling, I guess. Before the show, we were talking about uh, I weighed a, a catfish uh, two or three years ago that was in the 90-something pound range. The guy thought he had a world record, so there's wow. or a state record. There's some there's some large catfish in here. Is that a blue? I think it was a blue cat. A blue cat. Yeah. yeah. And and they can go on to Teleco, and I've, I'm watching on Facebook. I'm not much of a bass fisherman, but a lot of people saying the tournament will be won on Teleco. What what would they mean when they say it's fishing better down there? Is that just Whoa. people's? That's a pretty bold prediction. Wild guesses. Wow. Yeah, let's ask the tournament uh, angler here. There's some good uh, there's some good river fishermen. Uh, there'll be a lot of good fish caught right here, not far from where we're standing. Mm. Uh, there will be some anglers make the long run down there to try to catch some smallmouth and uh, maybe even key in on some spotted bass down there. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. Hard to say, Looking. isn't it? <laughs> And they can go upstream to the, uh, what, the Johnsonville Highway Bridge on the French Broad side and the I-40 Bridge on the Holston side, right? Yeah, that's I believe that's what Bass decided to let them, how far they let them uh, go, yeah. So there are guys that would probably go further if they could, you uh, think? I think so, yeah. Would they find a smallmouth up there this time of year or, uh, or could find a largemouth too? Probably both. Is that right? Yeah. I, th I like river fishing, man. I do those big <coughs> bodies of water. I think, so I, I think I'd, I'd, I'd hit up that way. Yeah. <laughs> but what do I know, right? Yeah, I'm a creek here. fisherman. I like to do that. Um, speaking of that, what is some good creek fishing around this, these parts? Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. for trout, and then you have the, you know, the smallmouth 
strings. Uh, That's what I like. No yeah. Chucky pigeon, the French broad, even, uh, and then the, the the little pigeon that goes through Sevier County is a really good smallmouth stream in the yeah. springtime. So that's when probably one of their spawn. Is that mm -hmm. when they run up their spawn? You can catch them. Just wait out there and catch them. That's one of the best times to to target yeah. them on the pigeon. Yeah. I think I'm gonna try that. Willard Perriman was telling me about yeah. that yeah. recently. I'll get up there and see if I can't get lucky and get a few. Yeah, there's and, there's some nice three four pound smallmouth in there. That tickled me to death. Yeah. I caught a four seven one time. It's the best one I ever wow. caught. Twenty one <laughs> inches, and I thought I'd done something. Yeah. Man, that was you on did. Cherokee. Yeah, that's a good uh, fish. But low uh, Fort Loudon Dam, the walleye fishing is pretty good mm -hmm. down there too. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, and there's paddle fish that run up there as well below Fort Loudon. That's technically out of our region, but we'll still sort of claim it for the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, so y'all were talking about we were got up toward uh, toward Gatlinburg there on a little pigeon and stuff like that. There's uh, licenses are on sale now. The new licenses are out for twenty eight or twenty nineteen, twenty twenty. Uh, Thirty four dollars for type 001, right to hunt and fish. Mm -hmm. Combo small game, small game. yeah. But do the math. Three hundred sixty-five days. That's less than eleven cents a day to fish. Pennies. Wow. You wouldn't pick up pennies off the ground these days, and you can go hunt or fish every day so for that. Just about anywhere in Tennessee for eleven cents a day, you can fish. But there are some some uh, specialty permits around Gatlinburg you'd have to grab and mm -hmm. to trout fish and that kind of thing. So check your regulations. Go outdoors. Tennessee. dot com is a great place to um, to buy your license, or you can visit our app. Uh, and a lot of stuff's coming out on that new new app. Uh, great features, uh, checking in your big game and finding places to hunt and fish and buying your license. All that can be done on the app too. So, um, but the yeah, app is handy dandy. Eleven cents a day to, yeah. to fish in Tennessee. That's pretty cool. And everybody's everybody's carrying these these days. Exactly. Yeah. Your license and everything's right there. There's no need to to carry a paper license anymore. People are fussing because they're printed on this kind of paper. But heck, you can just show it on your smartphone and. Yeah. Everybody's got it with them. And then, you know, you can get the hard card for an extra five bucks to carry in your wallet. Mm -hmm. It's a collector's card. Uh, there's, there's a lot of options out there. Um, so that's cool. Let's, uh, real quick, before we run out of time, I want to chat about uh, free fishing days June 8th. I know it's a little bit a ways off, but there'll be opportunities in Region 4 to oh, yeah. do some uh, free fishing yeah, day I've been, events. Uh, I've been doing one the last few years at Buffalo Springs Fish Hatchery in Granger County, and uh, it started out about 35 or 40 kids, and it's grew to over a hundred kids now and wow. uh i don't think there's hardly ever any kids that don't catch a fish there so it's, it's in actually cool. at the hatchery and yeah. the, the the raceway so okay awesome yeah, it's, it's cool fishing in the barrel literally <laughs> they're there they're yeah. used to people because yeah. you walk by and feed yep. them right so they yep. yeah they're yeah. excited to see you coming they don't run from you right yeah sean did a good job putting that on i'll brag on him there yes, it's, it's a great it's a great uh great fishing day so after the kids fish can the adults fish no. <laughs> they try sometimes uh, check out our website tmwildlife.org uh, all the free fishing day events will be posted there they're starting to be put on there right now i've seen some emails come through so just keep checking back tmwildlife.org and uh, find a free fishing day event near you take a kid fishing buy your license $34 11 cents a day that's pretty good it and uh, if you're coming out here to the Bassmaster Classic be careful uh, be safe on the water when you're following those guys around have fun at the at the Expo Center and the World's Fair Center there and be respectful yeah. of the fishermen mm -hmm. you know, they, I think they on the practice days they're glad to tell you how they fish and how to catch them but they don't want you bothering while they're fishing so exactly. just keep your distance from them and uh, come by and see our booths visit yeah. our booths we'll be out there to talk to you and we're going to have a free sample of some fish for you if That's you come right. by on Saturday Asian carp yep. yeah. Yeah, that should be yep. fun come check it out it's great great and uh, Jason Henniger and the guys out of Nashville will be helping with that and he does a great job yes uh, they're good they're very so. tasty 
That's awesome. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, John. Yes, sir. Appreciate y'all. Thank you, Matt. Thank, Thank you, you for having us. Thanks, Mr. Chase and Calhoun's on the river. Uh, this is great. Let's go eat some barbecue. What do you think? Let's, yeah. let's do it. <laughs> All right. We'll see y'all next time on Tennessee Wildcast. Thanks for tuning in. Stay connected with TWRA by visiting our website at tnwildlife.org and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hey, it's all about Tennessee wildlife. It's what we do. Tennessee Wildcast will be on the air again next week. We'll see you then.